It's a Bill King show. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. Go get it, dog. I'm a man. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. I'd is sitting on a firecracker. And suits so fine, they made Sinatra look like a hobo. It's a fantastic day for the United States of America. It's a Bill King show. Red 7. I don't know what Red 7 means. Brought to you by Omni Nashville Hotel. Fifth Avenue, downtown. Hot Rock. That's what we call a sack lunch. I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. Just got a new contract, and it's going to average eight million a year. And I know you just commented on Twitter about that, TJ. But your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think Mike Norvell's the best coach in the state, and he's being paid like it right now. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I think uh, you know Florida, he he bet on himself, and he took a lower contract, and then he had COVID, and he had all this other stuff come through, and you know, proof's kind of in the pudding right now. And, and Florida State's certainly in the best position um, of the three major schools, and then, of course, anybody else. And so, yeah, I think that it's, it's well-deserved. It sends a message that Florida State is here to, to play big boy football, and, you know, he makes slightly more than Mario Cristobal now and, you know, about a million in, in change more than Billy Napier. So I think it sends a message that Florida State's here to, to invest what they need to play at the highest level. I believe it also made him the 10th highest-paid coach in college football, and so yeah, Florida State sees themselves as a top ten program um, annually. That's where they want to get back to. That's where they want to compete. And so I think to do that, you've got to pay like that. And so um, I think it was well deserved. I you know I talked about this yesterday, but Bill, when's the last time you remember a coach taking over the absolute dumpster fire that Florida State was, and really turning it around? 180 degrees in two years, right? I think that that's pretty understated. And, you know, you look at other coaches that have taken over bad situations, and then they, they aren't able to turn it around. And we don't really blame them. We just say, like, ah, yeah, you know, you, you went into a bad situation, and, and, and they really just couldn't pull themselves up. You know, you, you think about Scott Frost. You think about other, other guys that have done that, too. Florida State was the absolute laughing stock of college football just two and a half years ago. And so this – you know, I think it's pretty rare that a guy is able to turn it around completely to where now Florida State has national championship odds next year. And I'm not saying they win it, but they're going to be favored to win the ACC next year or just slightly behind Clemson. So, yeah, I think he's worth every penny for sure. And so good good stuff yesterday from FSU. He was making $4.5 million, so they almost doubled that, which four point five is a bargain if he's winning 10 games. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and like you said, well, well deserved, right? You look at the coaches that win ten games; he's now in that category, and he's being paid like it for sure. So, uh, a nice little, a nice little bump for the Norvell family. 
You just mentioned how he took a very messy, needed lots of love situation and has turned it. Here's another little side item, not an original thought, but he's done it without recruiting rankings as well. That's amazing. Yeah, and also somewhat unconventional and somewhat unheard of. I think that Mike Norvell was somewhat fortunate that the you know the transfer portals always or not always been around, but been around for a few years. But I think he was somewhat fortunate in the fact that the transfer portal, in its newness in its new form, really coincided with when he got to Tallahassee, and so he had the option to really build through the portal and get college-ready guys. The reason most turnarounds take forever and they don't get off the ground is because, you know, what, what do coaches do? They, well, they come in and recruit a massive first class of 25-plus guys, and then they try to do that again. And it just takes time to get those guys ready. If you recruit out of the portal to start, you can get the roster flipped more quickly. With guys that want to be in Tallahassee already have college-type bodies, already have made an impact. You pick up guys from SEC-level programs like Fabian Lovett, Jamie Robinson, Jermaine Johnson, and you can really make a lot of noise and turn things around more quickly. And so I think that he was smart, he was innovative, and he really used a new tool that others didn't take advantage of to turn the program around. Now, there's a huge debate on can you win championships out of the portal, can you do this without recruiting rankings. I don't know. That's to be seen. It's hard to say one way or the other, because the portals only really existed the way we know it for a few years, right? And so I don't know what the final answer to that is, but I do know that you can absolutely turn a program around and flip your roster with college-ready guys. You can't do that in a year or two with recruiting rankings. But those guys take time to develop. You're only hitting on about 50 to 60% of them anyway, so it takes a little more time. So he was certainly innovative. It took advantage of something that nobody else really has taken advantage of like that, like he has. Other guys have done well in the portal. That's not a shot at anybody else. But as far as flipping a roster, pretty impressive that what he was able to do with it. No Kev up in Chicago. Ask TJ if Miami grants the NLI release of the four-star cornerback. And is Florida State in consideration for that kid? You know, I haven't done a ton of digging there. I, you know, as far as Florida State being involved, um, I know that there have been some whispers of that, some rumors of that. I, I just haven't done a ton of digging. I think they'll grant it just because it's such a bad PR move with Stone at this point. Like, what do you do, hold the kid hostage for six months and he just transfers in the fall anyway? I, I don't know. I mean, you're trying to flip culture if you're down there in Miami, which is absolutely terrible right now. Um, and so I think that, you know, do you really want the kid around the rest of the program if he doesn't want to be there? for that? So, I mean, I would imagine they granted. I, you know, I think that, you know, you're kind of dumb not to, especially for a kid that hasn't done anything on campus yet. You know, I think you just kind of let him go and keep him away from, you know, the rest of the, rest of the um, you know, young recruits and the rest of the roster and stuff like that. I don't know. I, you know, I, I really haven't dug at all on, on Florida State there. Um so we'll see. I mean, he couldn't come in until late spring, you know, late spring, summer anyway. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, as far as Miami granting it, I, you know, if they don't, I, I think that's not a really good look for Mario Cristobal. I, not that they, you know, and then bigger picture, not that they really should. Like, once you sign that, like, you should stay committed, right? And I think that's kind of a 
a, a big problem just with society in general today. I'm not even blaming kids, but you should stay committed to your NLI unless something like really, really big comes up, kind of like the Rashad situation. But I think with PR and the way that everything is viewed now, Miami should just let him out of it for sure. Marty in Jacksonville. And Marty, I got to tell you, I'm not sure I understand your question. Maybe TJ will. Ask TJ if he thinks Alabama Georgia series will be played due to the SEC going to nine games. And I don't even know okay. what's he mean by that. Yeah, so Florida State has a series schedule with both both teams, home and homes, which are really exciting. I kind of hate the fact oh. that this LSU one is um, in New Orleans and Orlando. But there's some some talks, some rumors that because the SEC is leaning toward a nine-game schedule, that those games won't happen. I don't know. I, I've heard that rumor. I've heard people talk about that, that they don't think that would happen. I really don't know why. And I know that I don't, I'm going to get some, some hate tweets from this, but I really don't know why you would take those games off your schedule if you were Alabama or Georgia, because obviously you have your out-of-conference rivalry game if you're Georgia with Georgia Tech, but I think you, you've got your nine games, then you've got Georgia Tech and Florida State. That's 11, and then you get one cupcake. I don't really see why you would take Florida State off of your schedule at that point unless Florida State was in the SEC at that point. Then I think, you know, it, it, it makes sense, right, if conference realignment goes further. So I, I don't – it doesn't make a lot of sense to me why Georgia or Alabama would take FSU off the schedule. I mean, you know, I mean, th- that's the class of the SEC anyway. I know that the SEC is the best, and we have this idea that, you know, oh, man, every week is uh, – is an absolute gauntlet, but it's really not. I, you know, that, that, that sounds cute and that sounds fun to say, but, you know, Alabama adding Vandy to their schedule doesn't make it any tougher. So I think that, um, you know, you, 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 you shouldn't leave those games. I think the, the fans would really enjoy that. But I've heard that rumor, and so I don't, I don't really know what would happen with it, but I hope they don't get canceled. Yeah, we don't even know what those schedules look like. And so I thought he was wanting to know <laughs> – I wasn't even thinking about Florida State in that with that question. I thought he was wanting to know, do you think with nine games and then Texas and Oklahoma coming that Georgia and Alabama just won't match up anymore? I had no idea that's what he wanted there. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's rumors that the home-and-home home would get canceled if they right. go to the nine-game schedule, which, again, I you've got, you've got three out-of-conference games that you can play with a nine-game schedule. So why not? leave those games in, I, I think it'd be pretty fun. So we'll see. That would be interesting. Do you think by the time, and, and as of right now, it's still Oklahoma and Texas coming in 25. There's, I'm sure there's always something that could happen, but it doesn't seem to be inevitable yet that they get to the SEC early with a big buyout and all that. So 2025 is when they will arrive you think Florida State will have other options by then? Yeah, I, I would think you'll hear something by then on what, what's going to happen with Florida State. I think Florida State has done a lot of um, almost like sneaky campaigning for themselves to, to kind of show what kind of brand they are. There were, you know, they, they did a little bit of campaigning this week and saying that, you know, over the college football playoff, Florida State has had more eyes on it in the ACC than anyone else. Even though Clemson has really dominated the conference, Florida State has had more viewers watch their games than than Clemson has, right? And so I think that even though Clemson's been the better team, Florida State's still the better brand. I think that them signing Mike Norvell to an SEC-like contract 
is also signaling to the to the SEC and the Big Ten, hey, we're we're playing big boy football here. We're all in. We're invested. We're ready for one of you guys to come snatch us. Who's it going to be? So I think there's some quiet politicking based just based on the way that Florida State's running their athletic department right now. That's telling the other conferences, hey, we're we're back and we're going to be Florida State. One of you guys come get us. And so I think in the next couple of years that will happen. I've got no inside information. I don't know if it's in a year, a month, three years. I, I've got no clue. But I do think that, honestly, by the time we get to that 2025, 2026, we'll know where FSU is headed by then. Do you think this Georgia juggernaut slows down over the next couple of years? I don't know. If you look at their schedule, Bill, I feel like, yeah. you know, I feel like Florida's I feel like if Florida State had uh, Georgia's schedule this year, they'd they go 12 now. I, you know, so, I don't know. It's not slowing down this year, that's for sure. Tell everybody how they get your content. Yeah, go to go go search Double Prize No Slaw everywhere. YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, wherever, and check us out. All right, man. See you next week. Thanks, buddy. Brian Driscoll next out. About 20 minutes. And Coach Brian Driscoll from Irish breakdown up a little Notre Dame fall about an hour out Odney Nashville Hotel As a professional realtor in Nashville for more than 40 years, Richard Courtney is one of the city's top-ranked real estate brokers. He's also the author of two books and the real estate columnist for the Nashville Ledger. What does all of this mean to you as a home buyer or seller? Expert knowledge, guidance, and trust. Give Richard Courtney a call today at 615-300-8189. That's 615-300-8189. Or online at richardcourtney.com. Individual rates, coverage, offerings, and savings may vary. Subject to terms and conditions not available in all areas. If you're a small business owner, listen up. Pi Insurance wants to give you one of those aha moments, the kind that could save you money. Workers' comp is probably one of the biggest costs you face. But did you know that insurance providers have flexibility in setting their prices? That's right. But many don't bother giving small businesses the savings you deserve. Instead, you can get lumped in with other businesses and overcharged. Pi Insurance was created to change that. With Pi, you get a quote tailored specifically to your business, and you could save up to 30% with no hassle and no hidden fees. Plus, when you sign up for pay-as-you-go billing your premium is based on your actual payroll not an estimate so your workers comp audit experience is simplified take three minutes to see how much you could save with pie insurance ask your agent for pie or get a quote at iwantpie.com that's iwantpie.com Grizz Nation. Make some big Memphis noise and don't miss your Grizzlies this Friday at 7 as they battle the Minnesota Timberwolves for their annual HBCU night celebrating Black History Month presented by Pinnacle Financial Partners. Arrive early as the first 5,000 fans will receive a Grizzlies scarf. Get hyped, get ready for a star-studded show and secure your tickets by calling 901-888 or shop online at grizzlies.com. From Middle Tennessee's home for the Memphis Grizzlies, Nashville Sports Radio.
Golfers, tee it up this Thursday through Sunday at Edwin Watts Golf Shops for the Callaway Fitting Event and be the first to score the new Paradigm Woods and Irons. The woods are engineered with forged carbon to maximize distance and forgiveness. The irons feature a forged face for increased launch speed and spin. A new paradigm in performance. Go to WorldwideGolfShops.com and reserve your free custom fitting experience happening this Thursday through Sunday. Edwin Watts Golf Shops, home of the 90-day satisfaction guarantee. It's the McFarlane Show with Darren McFarlane and Fox 17's Justin McFarlane. If you were going to hire Tim Kelly, you, they've been done for over a month. I mean, well, that would have already been done. This is where you scoured the ends of the earth and you just went in-house because if you look at it, the OCs, they've been coming from within on Mike Rabel's staff. What happened? Oh, what happened? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. There could be a lot of different things that happened. I'm not uh, The McFarlane Show with Darren and Justin on Nashville Sports Radio WN. Need to know anything about college football? Consult with the encyclopedia Bill Tanica every morning. dog down in Peachtree City. Bill, Kirby flying around that Kirby copter ain't cheap. Recruiting spending came out. Yeah, you probably just catching up with us. But Ken down there in middle Georgia pointed that out. Georgia, number one in this last go-round in spending for recruiting. Now, again, this is just the budget. This is not name, image, likeness. And it was $4.3 million. A&M was second, almost $3 million, 2.98. Tennessee was next, 2.92. Texas, 2.44. Bama, 2.32. Nick, Nick's got to get – I was about to say Nick needs to go spend more. Well, hey, Bill, they just had easily the number one class. True. Nick got some good bang for the buck there, looks like. Yeah, that was that was interesting. Now, how long did that list go? I wonder what it, can can you and this this is this is P five schools obviously with that kind of money, but where would the Buck Buckeyes would have to be somewhere in there? Michigan was sixth on the list, two point two four. Buckeyes would have to be in there. Buckeyes obviously are going to go wherever. Now, Mark Pantone, their player personnel dude, a guy I like a lot, Mark Pantone, said they may change their recruiting style because of the zoo, which is name, image, likeness. Now, again, don't misunderstand that. They're going to get players. That's not going to change anything. And, again, I don't even know if that's what they're going to do. He just mentioned it. But they go anywhere. Buckeyes go to Fort Lauderdale. They'll go to California. They'll go to New Jersey. They'll come down here. Doesn't matter where. They'll go to Georgia. They'll go wherever you need to go to go get players and do it successfully. Georgia Dog. On the Emerald Coast, Bill, the only school to have back-to-back number one overall NFL draft choices was Southern Cal, 67, 
and 68 with Ron Urey and O.J. Simpson. Georgia could do that if Carter goes number one. I would take him number one. I've said that many times here on the show. The D-line, the interior D-line, if you can get a absolute warrior, which is what he is, that's a rare commodity. Quarterbacks are hard to come by, too. But, see, I don't think Stroud or Young, as much as I like both of them, I don't think they're going to be stars, superstars in the NFL. I think they're going to be good players. I'm more worried about Bryce Young because physically he's awfully small. And I don't mean the height thing, even though that's part of it, but he's just, he's not well fortified. His body is, like I said, they they list him, what do they list him at 190? He may weigh 190 with a brick in each pocket. That's brutal on the next level. That's what worries me about him. I love his game. Not at all critiquing his game. That kid's got all kinds of game. But on that level, where the linebackers are going to be probably more athletic than the average safety you play in college football, you're going to have 255-pound linebackers who are 6'4", who run four sixes, and are hitmen, destroy things. Safeties, they get downhill. He's going to take a beating, and I worry about his body. That's that's my concern. He's got a beautiful arm. He's got plenty of arm talent. He can find those tiny little areas and put the ball there. I'm not worried about any of that. He's an athlete. Now, again, his game's not running, but if he has to, he does it. On that next level, he gets killed doing that. That's what worries me about him. I would take Carter one. Not look back. Brent in Macon. Georgia might be a million plus more than everybody else, but with two national championships, the money made off those paid for that difference a hundredfold. Oh, look, Georgia's not worried about that expenditure. That's not that's not the topic. But he's right. I mean, they're making that money. He's right. That's that's well-spent money based on the return on investment. The ROI, Brent says, is very, very attractive. True. Spend that kind of money, bring us natties, no worries. Get two Kirby copters, get three of them. I wonder what it cost. I, I've never, I've never been in a helicopter. I wonder what it costs that Kirby copter every time it fires up, and you're flying over cities into high school stadiums and stuff. It's pretty cool the way they do that. I mean, James Franklin did that. James Franklin did that here, right? Vandy fans, coaches do that, but and it's look, it's it's. 
it not only is effective, it's it's better than being in a sport utility driving down the interstate, much more efficient. It's obviously a lot more expensive, but Georgia's got that kind of money. No worries. But it is a good little PR thing, too. does look good. When dude's going to land at your high school for Johnny Five Star, the whole school's talking about it, right? Local newspaper's probably on it. Pretty good. No cap. Up in Chicago, I saw something back in the fall that said the Buckeyes were 18th in recruiting spending. Is that right? I I, I wish we had more on that. I didn't see any more on that list. I, I saw those top six there. Now, let me, let me say this. Uh, Ohio State's recruiting just fine. So I don't, I don't know if, if – is there a big budget debate? Uh, shouldn't be. I mean, Buckeyes got plenty of money. That's, that's, that's not a thing, right? Now, there is a lot of complaining. Jay Book, among others, and we do need to get him back. Matter of fact, I wish I'd have gotten him today to go with what we already have. But he complains that he doesn't think the Buckeyes are competitive enough when it comes to name image likeness. That's a big beef of his. Which I find surprising. I would think Ohio State would be at the very top when it comes to name image likeness money. I find that highly interesting, okay? Johnny Vegas says, Bill, here's more list radio. And it's transfer portal entries by cycle entering February. Now, this starts in 18 and 19. First year was 2,405. Now, this would be all divisions, okay? This would not... Couldn't just be D1. And every year it ticks up. Well, 1920, 2021 was pretty flat. It was around 3385, 3404. So flat there, but up from the first year. Then in year four, which is 2122, 5592. And then this most recent year, 5, 6202. Transfer portal entries. Now, here's what we need to know. How many of those found a home? And then you need to know how many of those found a home that was equal to what they left. That would be really interesting if we had that kind of info. I'm guessing it's not going to be equal. A lot of those cases will not be a situation where the player found a home that was equal to where they are. We just hear about the big names, so we know what happens with those. But the big names is a small percentage of this. We only talk about the big names here because that's where the sex appeal is. The guy that ends up taking a lesser opportunity, meaning brand recognition-wise, you don't hear much about that one, do you? 
No Kip said Bill, I saw where Ohio State supposedly spent about one point six million. So Georgia spends four point three. Now let me let me say this. I'm not critiquing Ohio State here because Ohio State gets players. Ohio State's problems aren't players. Ohio State gets players. Ohio State has gotten players for the last hundred centuries of football. Coaching, the defensive side of the ball, that's been their problem. They go get talent, man. Uh, they may not have an interior defensive lineman like Carter, but who else does? Who's got one? Alabama doesn't have one like that. Yeah, they don't. No, Kev, saw a mock draft yesterday. Ten draft experts had the Bears either trading out of one and taking Anderson or taking Anderson one. One had them taking Carter. Look, I I think Will Anderson's a hell of a player. Now, this last year, he wasn't as good. This was not his best year. But he's still a phenomenal talent. We know that. But – and I'd be happy with either one of them. But if, if, if you ask me, I like the big guy on the line of scrimmage who is twitchy, violent, athletic, strong, an absolute nightmare as a three technique. A nightmare. I've had – I've talked to pro coaches. They say one of the biggest difficulties, if you're an old line coach, in the NFL is your, and it depends on what the blocking scheme is and what the play call is, but handling the three technique. It's such a tough matchup for, let's say, a guard. And pro guards, I mean, these guys have made it all the way to the top, right? I mean, they're at the very top. It's a tough matchup, man. More times than not, the defensive three technique gets the better of the offensive guard. Just if you just average it all out up on that level. Now, on the college level, probably not as much because the talent level game to game isn't going to be like that, right? Just It's just not going to be like that. Back 12, Dave. Bill, I'm a retired Air Force crash rescue firefighter. Stay off of helicopters. Too many moving parts. Helicopters are designed to go down the minute they leave the factory. I've always, I mean, flying, I'm not a white knuckler flyer at all. I'm totally comfortable with that. I don't know how comfortable I would be on a helicopter, though. I'm just... I'm just telling you, before Pac-12 Dave said that, yeah, before he said that, just don't know how comfortable I would be. Didn't Davey Allison, wasn't he flying his helicopter when it crashed and he, and he died? NASCAR, that was many, that was years ago. Those are scary, man. Yeah, I now, now Kirby, Kirby, don't look worried. Kir, Kir, now the Kirby copter, I we know is really, really nice. It's not one of those glass things that looks like a bug flying around or something. 
No, no, no. His is, his is nice. Yeah, Pac-12, Dave, I will not get in a uh, helicopter just because of you. I'm serious. I won't do it. When he says too many moving parts, helicopters are designed to go down the minute they leave the factory. That's comforting. Now, what about all these guys out there that are monitoring traffic in, in the cities? Who's the guy down in Atlanta? I follow him. Is it Mark something? He's every day of the year, that guy's up in the air monitoring and reporting on Atlanta traffic. Every day of the, well, Monday through Friday, I guess. Guy's been doing it for I don't know how many years. What about dude that's got that job? And he loves it. This guy posts every day, and he is happy. As he, he loves it, man. It's his thing. I don't know if I could hang with that. I don't know if I would hang well with that. Brad Driscoll coming up in, oh, what, 40 minutes. Second segment in hour three. Yeah, I wish I would have gotten J-Book today. Yeah, I wish I would have gotten him. Anyways, we'll get him. Yeah, we'll get him back. Omni Nashville Hotel. We will be there tomorrow. Greg Pogue and welcome to the High Valley Conference Basketball Weekly Spotlight presented by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. Drunk driving is the ultimate form of unsportsmanlike conduct. The Tennessee Highway Safety Office reminds you that fans don't let fans drive drunk. Southeast Missouri's Philip Russell scored 37 points against Little Rock for his second 37-point outing this season. Russell is one of only six players nationally to have scored 37 or more points in a game twice this season. Forehead State is alone in first place in the men's standings with a one-game margin over SEMO with three weeks remaining. SIUE's Rayshon Taylor hit a shot from beyond half court to beat Little Rock for one of four buzzer beaters on the day, two of which won games. The other buzzer beater was Brett Thompson's coast-to-coast drive and jumper to lift Tennessee Tech to a win over SEMO. Now 12-0, the EIU women's team has matched its longest in-season OVC winning streak. The Panthers have won 15 regular season OVC games dating back to last season. SEMO's Russell was OVC Player of the Week while Lindenwood's Keenan Cole was top newcomer. Co-freshmen of the week were Lindenwood's Tommy Williams and Cameron Hafner of Eastern Illinois. UT Martin's Shay Littleford was Women's Player of the Week while Macy McClone of Eastern Illinois was top newcomer. And UT Martin's Sharnice Curry-Jokes, Freshman of the Week. For complete information on this year's OVC Basketball Championships presented by United Fidelity Bank being held March 1st to the 4th at the Ford Center in Evansville, visit ovcsports.com forward slash Evansville. For complete weekly schedules, including live video links, visit ovcsports.com to find other news and features and more. Follow the league on your favorite social media platforms at OVC Sports and at ovcsports.com. You won't believe it until you OVC it. This has been the OVC Basketball Weekly Spotlight presented by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. If you've been drinking, don't drive, and always remember that fans don't let fans drive drunk. I'm Greg Pogue wishing everybody a great week of OVC Basketball.
It's just a few cocktails at happy hour. There aren't any cops around. After every game, we always have a few. It's no big deal. It was just a few drinks. I'm good. Hey, I can hold my liquor. I drink and drive all the time. If you put away some drinks, put away your keys. Fans don't let fans drive drunk. Brought to you by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. You know, it's never too late to start feeling some March Madness. Then be sure not to miss out on all the action at the High Valley Conference Basketball Championships presented by United Fidelity Bank as they return to Ford Center in downtown Evansville from March 1st through the 4th as the first week of entries into the NCAA basketball tournaments are crowned. All session tickets and single-game tickets are on sale through each OVC school ticket office, Ticketmaster.com, and the Ford Center box office. Visit ovcsports.com forward slash Evansville for more details and be there to OVC it in person. Get in on the Bill King Show. with us every Friday. Brad's fantastic. Brad's not doing basketball yet. So this year I'm not doing it until March. Brad likes right now at one and a half. He likes Kansas City. I do know that. But we'll have him on tomorrow. Ole Miss EV tomorrow. And I tape Kevin Hagan today for tomorrow's show. Kevin is back with us. And uh, we tape that late morning on Thursdays so you can have it ready on Fridays. Can it get dated? First time we did it. It got dated. That's the risk you run. No problem, though. No problem. Dom up in Pittsburgh. Bill, the only time I will enter a helicopter is when I'm being lifelighted to a hospital. Now, that reminded me of something. Now, I don't know why. Back when Jerry DiNardo came to town for the Vanderbilt job, and as you know, he's with the Big Ten Network now and been there for a while. Since the inception, I guess. And they would take their August camp and go off up the street. And about about an hour out of town, down, down 24 east towards Mont Eagle. And they would have about a week or two of football out there. They would get away. Obviously, Notre Dame goes off, right, from time to time in the summers. Northwestern does it. Some schools do this. We did it in high school at Battleground Academy. We went to the uh, high school up there where Sewanee is at Mont Eagle, Mont Eagle Mountain. Every summer we would go there. 
and I don't know if they still do that or not. I don't know if that stopped many years ago, but whatever. I forgot the name of that school. Obviously, the college is Sewanee, which is one of the best colleges you could ever go to. But anyways, and it's Bell Buckle, Tennessee. And there's a real exclusive high school there, and that's where they would practice. And I remember driving out there and going to one of their practices. Now, guys, this is 1990 maybe. And somebody flew in on this tiny helicopter. I'm telling you, folks, this thing barely would fit two people. It was tiny, tiniest helicopter I've ever seen in my life. I I don't even know how to describe the, the size of this thing. It, it looked like, and I'm, I'm exaggerating, no bigger than if you remember a phone booth. Now, it was bigger, but I'm talking about not what you're used to, even one of those cheap helicopters. And he flew right onto the field. Now, now this is after practice, and there's, I don't know who it was, a friend of Jerry's or something. And, I mean, this guy was flying. He was, I mean, 10 feet off the ground. This guy's going a million miles an hour and then taking off up into the sky. I was just thinking, there's no way I could do that. I mean, maybe you could. I, I, This guy didn't give a bleep either. And I don't know what he came in for. It was really weird because, and you know I like Jerry, but at night the coaches told me that Jerry, because obviously Jerry's from New York. Jerry went to Notre Dame. Jerry had been at Colorado. So Jerry's not a Southerner, but he comes down here. Remember the the Brian Kelly? Again, I like Brian Kelly. The fake accent there at the gym. Well, Jerry came down here, and he wanted at the end of a long day in the sun and practicing, probably doing two-a-days back then, he wanted to get out an acoustic guitar and start singing country music, and it was brutal. And the assistant coaches, one of them, was uh, Rick George. Now, Rick George wasn't one of the on-the-field coaches. He was the recruiting coordinator, the AD at Colorado, who hired Dion. One of those was Rick George. That's how I got to know him. And uh, and he and Jerry are tight. And he just he would say to me, Bill, it's brutal. I mean, they'd have to sit there for about an hour at night listening to Jerry play like he knew what the hell he was doing. Probably put on a cowboy hat, too. But, yeah, I remember that guy. Some dude came down in this helicopter, scared the bleep out of me. Allen in Tampa. Bill, you can ride a helicopter in Orlando, 30 minutes, $25 a person. That's really not bad. Now, those planes, those propeller planes that are, you know, at a small, small airport, I'm talking about, Two or three people get in there, right? In a cockpit. As a kid, I used to, we used to fly in those because my dad loved aviation. So my dad would take, we'd go to a field in East Nashville, an airport about the size of your garage. And he would rent. And they'd fly us all over the 615, me and my dad. We used to do it all the time. He loved that. He loved aviation. And uh, that was, looking back on it, I mean, those things are very flimsy, too. I mean, very flimsy. I remember being up there and uh, being able to see it. It was really cool. That was Nashville 
in probably what would that what would that heck late sixties? I'm about five years old. Did that numerous times. Wasn't a helicopter though. Lake Norman Buckeye. Bill, helicopters and private planes are how rich guys die. Just ask NASCAR legends Davey Allison, Kowicki, Ricky Hendrick, several more. Yeah, I know. That's sad. I remember the Davey Allison. I remember the Alan Kowicki. I do not remember the Ricky Hendrick. I don't remember that one, but very, very sad. Heck, some rock stars die that way, too. Um, now, that plane that Leonard Skinner wrecked, that, that well, they weren't flying it. They were riding into Louisiana apparently was a death trap that they had been warned about many times. Old, rickety plane. What was that, 1977? That can happen, can happen to uh, – not not only do rock stars die from overdosing, but um, planes crashing, that happens too. All right, we've got to get the break here as we're pushing into hour number two. Tomorrow we're on the road. We're at the Omni Nashville Hotel. And uh, if you happen to be in the area, come on by. Ole Miss Evie joins us. Kevin Hagan will be back. And Brad, hour number three, will be at the Omni. Looking forward to that tomorrow. Omni Nashville Hotel. If you need a staycation or planning a trip to Music City, stay at Bento Living Chestnut Hill. Voted the best boutique hotel in the city by the Nashville scene. Bento Living is located on the edge of bustling downtown and boasts on-site dining, shopping, live entertainment on the rooftop, and free fitness classes. Come experience Nashville like a local. Visit bentochestnuthill.com to book your Music City vacation today. Are you looking for a trusted partner who knows AT&T business inside and out? ABS Communications is an organization built on the premise that telecom solutions and working with companies like AT&T can often be complicated and the customer needs someone to help them navigate through these complexities. They make complex simple. Whether it's helping maintain, manage, or secure your business, ABS Communications is here to help all your business telecom and mobility needs. Their business was built with the goal of simplifying the process of connectivity for the customer and establishing a long term relationship of trust through transparency and accountability. ABS Communications is a top five AT&T authorized agent with over 200 years of AT&T technical experience. You can call Mark and the gang at 615-349-8588 or you can visit their website at abscomcomm.net. And remember, mention the McFarland Show to ABS and you could get up to $250 in a Visa gift card for new ABS business customers. 
Howdy, folks. I'm back to remind you about the best steakhouse in Music City, Bob's Steak and Chop House. The only place in Middle Tennessee to get A5 Wagyu steaks cooked to perfection. And when that special day rolls around to treat that special someone, make your reservation now at Bob's Steak and Chop House. From petite fillets to massive tomahawk ribeyes. When somebody asks, where's the beef? You tell them, Bob's Steak and Chop House. Make your Valentine's Day reservations now. And treat the best in your life with the best in Nashville. Bob's Steak and Chop House. At the Omni Nashville Hotel. Grizz Nation. Make some big Memphis noise and don't miss your Grizzlies this Friday at 7 as they battle the Minnesota Timberwolves for their annual HBCU night celebrating Black History Month. Presented by Pinnacle Financial Partners. Arrive early as the first 5,000 fans will receive a Grizzlies scarf. Get hyped. Get ready for a star-studded show. And secure your tickets by calling 901-888 or shop online at grizzlies.com. From Middle Tennessee's home for the Memphis Grizzlies, Nashville Sports Radio. Jim Rome is here weekdays 11 to 2 on Nashville Sports Radio, WNSR. The SEC is for closers, and there's only one way to survive in the SEC, ABC. A always, B, B, C, closing, always be closing. A, B, C, A always, B, B, C, closing, always be closing. Jim Rome, 11 to 2 on Nashville's original sports radio, WNSR. He doesn't know everything about college football. Mm, Yeah, he does. It's the Bill King Show. Back in 1970, I was a student pilot in a Cessna 172. My uncle was the instructor. My package deal was $21 an hour. It's probably close to 10 times that now. Probably so. That's probably, I wonder what I was flying in in like 1969 or something as a kid. I mean, it was one of those really small light planes. There's a gentle breeze. They won't let you up. Brian Driscoll in about 25 minutes. Oh, yeah. And uh, we can ask about Alabama with uh, Tommy Reese. I've given you my thoughts on it. I think it's a solid hire. I think it's a really good resume move for Tommy Reese. And I think the culture, I think the thinking, the theory about what Tommy Reese likes and what Nick likes, I think that marries well. I do. Yeah, I do. Jeff, too. Bill, love the show and the weekly guest. That said, I will lose even more respect for Brian Driscoll if he uses the same recycled verbiage of addition by subtraction like he did when Brian Kelly left. When he gives his thoughts on Tommy Reese going to Alabama, I think he thinks that's a good hire. I watch, I don't watch many podcasts or listen. I just, and, and again, that's not a critique. I just don't 
have time. I don't allocate the time for it. But I will go to Brian some occasionally. And uh, I think I heard – I think he thinks that was a very good pickup for Alabama. He's not real high. Now, he's not as high on my guy, Kevin Steele. I heard him critique that. But I don't think he's critiquing the Tommy Reese hired on. And, folks, you've heard me talk about I mean, there's no show that's covered this like, like I have with Notre Dame this last year. Right? And Tommy Reese was a central part of the conversation. He literally had to pull water out of a, a rock at times at Notre Dame. They, they had a unconscionable quarterback situation and uh, very few playmakers to throw the ball to. Now one, the tight end, but, but and he's really good. The receiving core was pathetic. And that's being nice. I, I've told you that for a couple of years about that receiving core. And that's what he got stuck with. You want to see, uh, you want to get fired up, pull up the video and audio of Tommy Reese during, and what, what game, was it the Cal game early on where he's chewing out over the headset, Drew Pine? Pull that one up. And no, 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 I, I stand by Tommy Reese for that. I mean, Drew Pine was short-arming 10-foot passes. Not 10-yard passes, 10-foot passes. And there were some F-bombs in there and some expletives, which were appropriate at the time. This is football. So, yeah, we can ask him about that. Greg says Bill Skinner's plane ran out of fuel. Yes. And they start clipping trees and everything else. But... They had been told this rickety old thing is a disaster. Yeah, I remember. I I remember where I was. It was at night, about 8 o'clock. In the car, when the announcement came over the radio, used to be, and I don't know if Pat Patton's so young, but 103.3, which has been country for a long time here in Nashville, was the rock and roll station growing up. And we had it on that station. It was a weeknight, too. And the DJ guy comes on, says Leonard Skinner, in a tragic plane crash. I remember exactly the spot on the road where I was. I mean, I wasn't the biggest Skinner fan anyways. I just remember that vividly. All right, hour three coming up. Happy Thursday. On the road tomorrow at the Omni.
ABC News. I'm Daria Albinger. Go home. That's what the residents of East Palestine, Ohio, were told. They'd been waiting to hear it.